Thank you again, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Culture Capture Spotlight Podcast. Today, I'm being joined by Cam Will. What's up? Appreciate you having me. Yeah, bro. It's good to have you on. Um, You're the first guest we've had out of Milwaukee, Um, so that's pretty cool. I want to point that out before we get uh, too far into anything here. Um, But tell, like, the listeners and stuff who may not know who you are, just kind of, like, about you and, and what you do. Uh, I guess, uh, so my name is Cam Will. I'm an artist slash entrepreneur slash athlete out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, right now, I'm only focused on making music and kind of like creating events out of more, creating events out of Milwaukee for people to kind of attend and create these creative spaces that people can come and express themselves in. So, um, yeah, I guess right now I'm just a full-time musician. And when did you start taking music seriously like when did you kind of like as a kid realize like oh, i kind of want to do music and like being an artist like really stood out to you as a career you wanted to pursue uh, i guess my first like real spark of interest in music that i could remember was um i used to go to church all the time like every sunday and every tuesday and then i think sometimes i used to go on i think it was like saturdays when they would do their rehearsals for the choir and how they were going to sing like that Sunday. And once I started to really attend the rehearsals, it's when I was like, started to gain more interest in the music because I saw how much, how much detail was taken into, you know, how the sopranos would sound or how the outtos would sound or how the lead singer would say something that'll let them know, let's do this take a couple more times, like during the live session. So I think when I was younger, about like, eight is when I really started to like really pay attention to music, but I didn't really start making my own serious music up until my freshman year in college. And how did you get like familiarized with like the music making process? Yeah, uh, I made my first song my sophomore year in high school because one of my homies at the time, he had a setup in his basement and I, we just went and was just messing around and made a song and we put it out. Uh, and that's kind of how I started to like understand how to record and how to, you know, make dub plates and cuts and all that type of stuff. What was it, what was kind of going through the back of your head, like in high school when you weren't taking it all the way seriously yet, but we're still kind of going through the motions of like making songs and uh, figuring out like what it's like to be an artist. Uh, for sure. I think, when I put my first song out, it, it was horrible. Like, I'll never play it for anybody, even if they asked me to play it, like, that bad. And just the response that I got, kind of, like, people didn't want to tell me it was bad, but everybody knew it was horrible, kind of motivated me to be like, all right, I want to make a song that people are actually playing because they want to hear it and not just because they want to support me because I'm their friend or they know me. So that's kind of where it came from. Yeah, that's cool. And um, when you released your first song in college, like what made you kind of keep going and like what were some things going through your head again that were like, uh, I'm going to just stick with it and stick with being an artist? I released my first song in high school, but I released my first project in college. My fault, yeah, my fault. Yeah, you're fine. Like first EP was in college um, because I would record songs and like I bought kind of like a snowball mic and stuff and I would just record I think I bought Logic also, and I would record in my dorm room, and then sent it to my cousin. His name is CJ. Um, his producer name is Henny Productions, and 
I would send him to him, and then I would sometimes put him on SoundCloud just because. And he'd tell me, like, I need to actually go to the studio and perfect these and take them, like, really take time and making sure that they sound great. And so once I went to the studio for the first time, it was, like, I think October or November of my freshman year in college. And I heard myself on, like, a professional mic and a professional mix, and there was no turning back from there. That's super raw. And, like, how, how did you get kind of enthralled in, like, Milwaukee's music scene? Through just a lot of just a lot of networking and a lot of programs. And there's this program out here called Generator Music. I think it's more than just Milwaukee that they do it in. But that was, like, the first time that I ever felt like, all right, I'm an official artist because I got to go through networking phases and, um, get the budget to stay in the studio for as long as possible. And then um, I used to also just try to be tapped into, like, what events are happening, like concerts and anything, any creative, like, clothing brands, they'll have their own events here. So I try to make sure I just pop out and make sure I show face to all the scenes. Um, you said you pay attention to, like, clothing brands and stuff? Um, yeah, 100%. How many, like, what do you say is, like, kind of the top streetwear brands in Milwaukee right now? Uh, this brand called Unfinished Legacy is definitely probably the top out of here that I can think of. And then we have a lot like Views MKE is hard. Um, All Goods isn't really a clothing brand. They have a, uh, they're like a vintage shop and they also create, they're starting to create their own shirts and stuff. But they're definitely, I'm at their store every week as long as I can be just to pick up vintage clothes. That's hard. And like, shout out to your manager, Ozzy. He's, um, out of Chicago. So, like, how do you, do you, like, with him being based out here, do you come into Chicago kind of frequently? Yeah, uh, as much as I can. I just crashed my car, like, a week ago. So now it's kind of, like, slowing down on if I'll be able to get out there as much as possible. But I probably end up just taking the train. But Chicago is only, like, what's crazy is it's only, like, an hour and a half drive. Yeah, it's short. Bro, I've done the Uber. That's when you know it's not bad. Exactly. But, like, if you're from L.A., everything is, like, some spots that are an hour and a half, they drive with no problem. But, like, for us over here, it's, like, an hour and a half from Milwaukee to Chicago. We're like, dang, is it worth driving sometimes? Mm-hmm. So, but now I try to get out there as much as possible. How, how'd you get in the car accident? <sighs> driving back from Chicago. We were at a, um, I, think, I forgot, it was, like, La La Palooza weekend. And we were going to like all the after parties, kind of like trying to network and everything. And then we went to Chance, um, Chance Drivers, like after after party. And then we were there till like four in the morning. And I took Ozzy home. And then I was, he was like, "Are you sure you don't want to stay in Chicago?" And I was like, "Nah, I gotta get back." Cause I, I try to stick to like a real strict schedule in terms of like working out in the mornings and doing this at this hour, doing this at this hour. Because if I like missed the first three steps of my day. My whole day is messed up. So I told him, I was like, nah, I'm going to drive home. And I fell asleep like five houses down from my house, which is crazy because I was falling asleep the whole way back. And I stopped at the Oasis to like get food and rejuvenate. And I didn't crash until I was five houses down from my crib. Damn. Like at the finish line type of energy? Exactly. Like eyes couldn't stay open for 10 more seconds. Wow, that's tragic, man. That's tragic. Yeah. Um, but you were saying there that you have a strict schedule and like that's something you kind of take pride in following every day. 
kind of go into some detail about what that looks like for you and like kind of tell your fans like, all right, this is kind of what I do for a day to day, like, you know, plan and stuff like that. For sure. Uh, I guess, well, first I kind of like built that just from being an athlete. It kind of came from, especially once I started to get into like high school and um, college, they'll have us on a, you're doing this at this hour, this at this hour, this at this hour. And so that's kind of like how I just picked up, like that's the best way that I'm working. If I don't have to think about, all right, what do I need to do next? I already have it planned out. So I, I could walk you through like what my schedule today looks like. Um, or I guess, let me see what my schedule yesterday looked like. But I um, was up at 7 a.m., did my daily affirmations, meditation, reading my devotions, and then got a training session in and then cleaned up and everything around like 7.45 up until 9. And then from like 10 to 11, get food and watch some shows or anything like that. And then today, the day didn't really start until about like 1 o'clock. And I'm planning this soccer event, this tournament in Milwaukee. That was like from 1 to 3. And then I have on here the interview from 4 until whenever we do it. Then after that, I get off and work on some more Cam Will, kind of like Cam Will, uh, I don't know what you would call it as. Brand, like brand stuff? Other de- yeah, brand stuff, that type of stuff. And then I, um, after that, I have the rest of the day blocked off for making music. That's cool, man. Yeah, that's super, super sharp that you're kind of on your P's and Q's like that. I think a lot of like young artists kind of struggle to go through the day-to-day motions of, like, what it's like to be an artist and also, like, function, you know what I mean? Not just, like, do one thing. Um, So that's good for you that you kind of have that figured out. Um, I want to talk about and spend some time talking about uh, Separation Summer, which was a project you dropped just this past June. Um, What was the purpose of that out like i don't want to call it an album it's more or less like a project i'm guessing but what was the purpose of of putting it out and um how long did it take to make kind of just go through the story of like you know the, the whole process of it um yeah there was a lot going into this project like there was a project before this one that was supposed to come out called what was it called uh, well vibes was the single to the project that was supposed to come out. I don't remember what it was called now. Oh, it was called D1 and D9. That was supposed to come out February. And so in January, we dropped Vibes. And then once the end of February, I mean, the end of January came, I told my whole team that I didn't think it was good enough to come out. And that was going to be like the first official project I released with me and the one of my homies, Business Boy, who is like the main guy I go to right now. So I told them to let me take off all of February in terms of no marketing, no posting on Instagram, like nothing, not focusing on any of that and just taking trips to LA or trips wherever I needed to to try to get a song that we felt really could do something for us. And that's how on like September or February 20, I think February 28th is when I made all day, which was like crazy because I told them to give me the whole month and I didn't make the song that we felt until the last day. Um, from there, we just felt like we wanted to package it with just more songs because I want to put out as many, as much music as possible while not oversaturating. So that's kind of how we just found songs that we felt would still fit the vibe of the project and just added them along with All Day. Yeah, so All Day, that's pretty cool that you, you made it on the last day. 
uh, you were in LA. How many is that like? Was that your first trip in LA too, or how many times you've been out since? Uh, no, my first trip to LA was when we shot Bad Influence. Like, uh, it was like last year, and so this year at the top of the year, I went back and forth from LA four times within two months. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely. But I mean, it was, it was like COVID time, so ticket prices weren't crazy. If I were to do it now, ticket prices would be horrible. True, but what was it still like nonetheless? It doesn't take away from the the grind that it is kind of going back and forth kind of on the road like that. Talk about like your first time really going through it with those like four trips to LA in two months. I, the first time I went this year, we were supposed to go, me and Biz were supposed to work, and then he ended up just having some other stuff that he was working on. And so I kind of was out there trying to figure out what other people that I could lock in with during the time being to make the trip worthwhile which either way being out there has always kind of to me been worthwhile just because of the energy and vibes that I've been able to get creatively mm-hmm. whenever I'm out there it always just feels like different it just feels like anything's possible you know what I mean because out here there's people that have never left Milwaukee people might not have left their like 100 mile radius at all so being out there kind of inspires a lot of the creativity and so, like, third or fourth trip, we started to actually sink in and um, make music together. And I would sit in, like, his sessions and just study how he works and how the artist he was working with works. Like, uh, I was at this artist named Layla Samia. I think that's her name. I was at one of her sessions. And then she was just going crazy. And then the A&Rs that, I think it was one of the A&Rs that signed Lil Nas X and the baby, she came in. Her name's Bearline. And the way that she carried herself and was helping the music creation, all of that, I kind of just got to take in and really just soak up and pay attention to it and apply it to how I make music. I feel like with LA sessions, comparison to like just any other city that, that has a like decent music scene, um, like you just never know who's going to walk in the door. And like you just never, never. know who's going to be already through the door when you walk in. And I just think like with the more and more people I talk to, no matter who they are, like, that's the common theme is that, like, they'll be in a session for the first time out there and, like, someone who's done some big shit will, will be in there helping the process out. And it's, like, exactly. it can help formulate, like, you know, your sound or whatever. And, like, that was kind of another point I wanted to get into was, like, your sound. Um, you have a dope voice. And, um, like, more people sure. definitely got to hear it. And how did you how did you kind of, like, work on your sound and, and build it up to where it is today? I think I've grown up listening to literally every genre, so I, I can't even take credit to too much credit to how it is because my family members would listen to, you know, it goes from NDI Reed to Beach Boys to Tupac to Biggie to um, anything that you can name. I've been, I've been to all of it, and it kind of just sparked my interest to go through everybody's catalog and really just listen and just I think back then I wasn't even listening because I was trying to study it was more so just listening because I like the music and inevitably it just that's a form of studying if you enjoy what you're doing it just happens sometimes so they definitely inspired me to take that approach with my music and try and everything like I have demos of me trying to make Frank Ocean type songs that to me are like some of my best songs, but I just know plan wise it might not be right for me to put out now. 
So I really try to, when I'm in the studio, I try a lot. There's nothing I'm really going to say no to in terms of trying in the studio. Yeah, that's super hard. And, like, how important is it just having an open mind in general when you're trying to be a creator? Beyond important. Even even getting opinions, just being able to take in opinions and learn how to still understand just because they gave you their opinion doesn't mean you have to act on it. You can Sometimes I'll ask people questions knowing no matter what they say, it's not going to stray me away from what I'm going to do, but I kind of just want to hear what other people, where their heads are at. So it's being strong on what you stand for and then learning when to give and take, kind of like on opinions. I remember I went to a session in L.A. where they literally would just mumble for, like, the first hour and a half with nothing but mumbling. And then they'll come out the studio and take the mumble at a minute 27 and put it at the intro and the mumble at 22 seconds and make it the bridge. And just seeing that, I was like, I never would have thought to even do something like that. So... You got to stay open-minded. That's cool. That's super cool. And I want to kind of transition back into All Day. Um, that, again, it's kind of like the big single or big track off of uh, Separation Summer. Um, you've already hinted at it. Like, you made it on the last day of that big trip in L.A. But, like, what was it like, that studio session, if you could take back everybody to, like, you know, what was going on that day and stuff? Uh, I think I landed back in Milwaukee from L.A. the twenty. 20- 26th and I texted my engineer if I could get a studio session right away not even like just because I felt pressured to really bring a song but more so I just was feeling real inspired because that day that trip when I was in LA the very like last day me Ben my homie Rail and my homie Daniel Church we were just driving around Palos listening to who were we listening to um Sade listening to nothing but Sade the whole drive and just looking at the houses and the beach and then there was a bunch of boats out. Like, I've never seen that many boats on the water before. So we came, I came back and just booked the session and they sent me the beat as soon as I landed in Milwaukee, just coincidentally, like the exact same time I landed and I didn't listen to it until I got to the studio and that was like one of the first songs I ever made that I didn't put pen to paper or like write in my notes. I kind of just went in there and started punching in how much more of your stuff now do you do you like punch in with versus like you write down in your notes app or like on paper it, it depends like if it's just something that like i know it's more so just about the feeling and not almost so much of what i say then punching in is a lot easier um but if it's like something that like i really want to sit down and make sure i say every single thing that i want to say then I sit down and put pen to paper. Yeah, and you've um, you've recently also came up on a distro deal with Rock Nation, right? Correct. Yeah, so congrats on that. And like, when did that really happen, and how did it happen? Like when, like how did they get in touch with you, and how did it all like kind of work out? Yeah, I I got in touch with them through one of the networking networking phases of the program that I was in, and. Uh, president there just really took keen to I guess my sound and went into work and then we kind of had some back and forth for a while and then ended up signing the papers just to partner together and help to boost my sound and boost my brand because I guess they took a lot of interest in how they said they thought I carried myself and my interest of 
like my favorite artists in terms of business wise are like Brent Fias, Russ, Nip, Jay Z, Drake, like those artists, and they they kind of are looking for those type of people. And I guess that's kind of just a quick little thing of how it kind of came to be. Would you say your your style of music is similar to those artists you kind of just listed? Um, I don't know. I guess I get like people try to say my sound is like a lot of different people, which I never take offense to ever just because I understand like coming up as a new artist, people, people love new, but people want new that still feels, still feels like home or feels natural or comfortable to them. So for them to be able to take your sound and kind of like put it next to an artist just makes them more comfortable listening to your music rather than not knowing what it is at all. Yeah, that's definitely one way to kind of look at it for sure. And I wanted to talk about your docu-series, bro, that you kind of were releasing on your YouTube page. Um, you've definitely mm-hmm. built up, like, a nice little personal platform on there. Um, and, like, you know, you dropped a docu-series kind of throughout the last year. I want to say the first episode almost came out a year ago now. Um, mm-hmm. But talk about kind of what it was like behind the scenes having a little docu-series filmed and having a film crew around kind of constantly. Because, like, I've been a part of documentaries, and... Um, from the, like the production side of things, like I know what that's like in terms of like you know you got people filming you all the time, you got right. different things you're pulling up to solely to just be filmed. You know what I mean? Like talk about that a little yeah. bit and like going through that process as I'm guessing for you was the first time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, first off, shout out to my guy Bossy. Um, he does his work on the camera for real, and I wouldn't even be where I'm at without him now. Like I think. If you go through my Instagram, I don't know how, if I say I have like 20 posts up, at least like 15 and 16 will be something that he shot or played a part in. And he's the main one that does the behind the scenes um, videos for me. And also majority, if not all, of my photography. And so right now, I guess those back then, we kind of just wanted to figure out a way to start building more on transparency and just letting people see how we create our project and the talks that go into how we're going to market it and how we're going to get in contact with this person so they can help us push this project or push this song or help us get in contact with the next person. And that was like our test of like what we felt a docu-series would actually look like. And now we're putting focus on creating a full docu-series for an album that I'm hopefully hoping to release by the end of next year. So something like being able to be in a studio for the duration of making every single song and every music video and all the marketing being and stuff. Dope, bro. Yeah, that's super raw to hear about. And um, you're a former college athlete, right? Yeah. Yeah, so talk about, like, sports and, and growing up playing sports and stuff like that. Yeah, sports is, like, sports is, like, something that'll never, ever leave me, like, ever in my entire life that's something that if i don't do within like i can't go too many days without touching a soccer ball or doing some type of physical activity um so i grew up playing sports i grew up playing basketball football soccer typically and my freshman year of high school i talked to or after my freshman year of high school i talked to my moms and stepfathers and told them that i wanted to put 100% of my focus into soccer because I felt like that was a sport that I was going to be more dominant in, especially because I'm 5'10", and being shorter is not 
something that's gonna help you in basketball. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I put my focus in that, and that kind of like built my mentality of like wanting to be undisputed in whatever I'm doing and trying to be number one, which to some people is like a toxic trait. But for me, like growing up that way and being able to turn off, like when people say you shouldn't compare yourself to people, for me, it's not comparing. It's for me, it's kind of like studying my opponents and studying the game, all of that. So it's never toxic to me. And it all plays a part into how I carry myself and go about every single decision I make every day. It's pretty much based off of, how I was growing up playing sports. So did you play like club soccer and all of that? Yeah, we, um, I played club. I started playing in like fourth grade from my friend KJ introduced me to the game. And then my grandpa, he gave me this soccer ball and like he said it came from the world cup that Pele used to play with it, which was a complete lie. But obviously he knew what he was doing because it made me look up Pele and then fell in love with the game really after that. So I grew up playing club in the city. We were ranked number one in the nation at one point um, when we were younger. And then um, ended up going to Division One right after, like, high school. And what was it like kind of playing college sports while trying to make music and be a creative artist? Uh, it was hard, for sure, just because of, like, the way, especially at that level, it's set up. You're meant to be beat by, you know, five, six o'clock, especially depending on how your school schedule is. So um, for me, I was waking up at eight, going to morning lifts right in the morning, and then we'll go to practice right after that and practice for two hours um, and then go to rehab right after that and do rehab, which sometimes, depending on what you need, is like a whole other form of a workout. And then go to class, have classes throughout the rest of the day, by that time, you're dead. So being able to sit and make music for hours was, was a real struggle half the time. Yeah, I could imagine. Like, I've been around both, like, athletes and, like, artists and um, people in between the lines of, like, the music industry who try and do <laughs> two very, mm -hmm. like, time-consuming things. And, like, you know, it doesn't always work out too well because it's just, like, a lot on the mental um, so for I sure. definitely applaud your efforts for trying to keep it up and how much yeah, you've sure. like kind of taken the routines that college athletes get installed with them at that level and like mm -hmm. applying it to your music career and like how you carry yourself because that's pretty raw not many people can kind of go on that you know and, and step on that stone and say like yeah I'm using like other high functioning shit to like help formulate what I do in this space and like yeah you know, exactly yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I kind of like. A lot of people, I feel, they feel like if they don't get exactly what they're looking for out of what they're doing, it wasn't a success. But you could have one conversation with one person and that two seconds from the very beginning of that conversation will influence how you go about your day to day. And the whole time you were wanting to get a different thing out of the conversation, which might not have helped you as much as that two seconds. Yeah, and like you meant, you were tickling at rehab, and it's like, hey, rehab's a fucking bitch, you know? Like, I'm fortunate I never had to go through too much of rehab, but I started doing physical therapy just because I have, like, really? back and neck pain, like, a couple months ago, and that shit didn't help, you know what I mean? Like, it just didn't help, and it's like, you know, for athletes, like, I hear all the time, um, 
how like you know you hear with the pros like you know the rehabilitation is such a bitch because it's just like yeah. tireless, rigorous, painful, all these different like adjectives and verbs, you know that yeah, like kinda, yeah. really make it a miserable experience. Like, did you ever have to go through like a like a rehab on an injury? And like, if you did, like definitely talk about that because I'm interested to hear about it. For sure, yeah, I've um multiple times kind of growing up just a lot of, re- of the same reoccurring injuries in terms of like ankle injuries like in high school it was my senior year and I messed my ankle up like halfway through the season and at the time I was leaving the state in goals and so for me like one of the things I set out was to stay the top goal scorer in Wisconsin for my whole entire senior year and to kind of like get that that trophy and I injured myself halfway through the season, and I remember I was talking to my physical trainer, and she wouldn't let me play just because she knew it wasn't the right decision. And for me, I knew what my goal was, and so she, I felt like she was taking me away from my goal, which really she was helping. But, you know what I mean, stuff like that, it's like, it's real tough on the mental. Um, I remember we were playing a team, and they were, like, killing us, and I was on the bench just, like, almost crying just because I couldn't get in and do anything. Yeah. No, that's super wild. And it's just like, I don't know, again, I was never, I was never like a serious high school athlete or anything like that, but I was, I was going to go into like the sports world before I did music mm-hmm. stuff. So like, right. I know, I definitely know my thing or two. Um, and it's just like, I can't even imagine like trying to be a division one college athlete and trying to make music like, as a career like I just don't know how you could fit in both like and the lifestyles of each you know what I mean because it's like they're totally different clocks like you know I used to have friends that were d1 athletes you know like here at uh, the college I go to and it's like that clock that they were on like I'm trying to like process that and then like even what I do and it's like there's no shot that would line up and like you know I'm not an artist you know so it's like not the same thing but it's you know similar fields you know what I mean no yeah it's tough for real like even me and my homies talk about how like especially being an athlete it's like we put in hours and hours and days of working just to get like that one moment that only lasts a couple seconds of celebration and then you're right back to working for everything again right right um and again, you said basketball, which is like, that's my favorite sport. Like I'm an NBA stain. So I think it's time. I think this is the time in the podcast where we pick up the bucks and we talk about them winning the chip. Um, yeah. How was that, bro? I mean, that must've been fucking amazing. I mean, yeah, it was, it, I think usually I don't go out to like, I try to like get into the game in terms of like going to the Pfizer and Washington, but yeah. usually we went to the Deer District um, which is like what they call our section outside of the stadium. Yeah. We went to in the first round when they played Miami, and we were like, ah, nah, this is dead. Like, we'll pass. We're not going to this anymore. And we were driving back from Chicago when we went to um, we went to some like after parties and stuff for some more chance stuff. We were driving back from Chicago, Game Seven against Brooklyn. And that was like, we were watching the game on our phone and then seeing how crazy the Deer District was. And I think we were passing like the Deer District on our way back right after the game went and we heard all the fireworks and everybody standing and everything. We were like, we for sure making it to the Deer District for the finals because it was like a once in a lifetime thing. So 
game, what is it, uh, game six of the NBA Finals. We were out there at the Deer District. And for sure, it was a moment that will be remembered for the rest of our lives. Like, it's no disrespect to the Hawks, but like, and any Hawks fans, but it's just like, I, I knew once they beat the Nets, they were going to the Finals. Like, it was not yeah. a question in my mind. That was the Eastern Conference Finals this year. And they won, you know what I mean? Say what you want about KD's foot, but they won the game. And I've been to the Deer exactly. District. I was up there in 2018, like right before the uh, forum was open. And like, it looks like a glorious spot to go see a game, especially yeah, with Giannis and shit. I've, I've met Chris Middleton. And it's funny, like I met Chris Middleton before he was an all-star, you know what I mean? And like signed that right. big fat contract. And it was at the NBA store in New York. And like, they were telling us in line, they were like, Hey, like, don't bring up Giannis. They were like, he doesn't, they were like, he doesn't like being known as Giannis's like right hand man. And like, yeah. And it was like, Oh, what the, you know, shit. That's pretty wild. I mean, that was three years ago before chip before an Eastern conference finals or whatever. And like his 20 plus million dollar a year deal that's got to make it like 169 over the next like five or so years. So like, I'm sure it's a little different now, but um, it's just, cr- it's really, really crazy to see them like actually pull it out. And like, especially with where y'all were at last year with the whole, like Giannis, we might leave, he might pick it up and pack up. Like, what was that like mm-hmm. as a Bucks fan, like sitting through all that shit? Horrible. I was like, you know what I mean? We, um, we came to the realization after we won the NBA finals, like a couple of days later, we were like, we used to suck, like, horrible. And every year, we would be like, oh, this might be our year. But, like, no disrespect to, like, Monte Ellis and, like, those people, like, they did their thing. So we knew we weren't winning back then, but we still had, like, hopes of, like, you know what I mean, it's possible. And now, with um, building that type of team and then hearing that Giannis was thinking about even leaving, or maybe he wasn't thinking about it, but just the way that press and everybody was playing the uh, you know what I mean? The narrative, yeah. of course, we were like, dang, we built all this up to see it go without even getting an NBA championship. Yeah, it's just dope that he actually got y'all a ring. Like, coming from, like, a non-Bucks fan, like, I'm a Celtics fan. You know what I mean? You probably don't like Celtics fans. But, like, I'm I'm more, like, modest than, like, most Boston sports fans. Like, I like the league, sure. you know what I mean? And, like, I appreciate the yeah. hell out of, like, each fan's culture rather than just being, like, absorbed in my own. Um, pew 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 at the at Boston fans, but like it's really like it really be like that for real, and like the it was dope to see like, and especially where the NBA climate is today with superstars just kind of like dipping out on teams to see yeah, y'all sure. win a ring because it's like again being a Celtics fan, we want to do the same exact shit with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So that's he's out here for sure. Yeah, it was it was just it was raw to see, bro. And like, I'm excited for the upcoming season. Like, I think it'll be. I don't think you guys are going to be able to go back to back. Like, no way. Um, just because Brooklyn, Brooklyn's stacked up. Like, they're the heavy favorite for me right now. Not for sure. Brooklyn, Brooklyn definitely looks like looks like they're gonna have it as long as everybody's healthy next year. Oh hell yeah, bro! Especially now that they got Patty Mills off the bench. Like, I don't care if he's 34. Like, that is a hell of a pickup now. It's like that backcourt of Harden, Kyrie, and Patty Mills. Like, pff, come on, dog. Like, that's yeah, yeah, that's pretty aggressive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but I don't know. I think I think um, I still like like our team is different. Like, we don't. Our team is like full of just as like PJ said, full of dogs. So. It's like something that like 
we didn't think we was gonna pull out of Brooklyn like that. But when we saw the way that we were playing, as long as Clay and Giannis are doing their thing, sometimes I'm like, I think we really are the best team in the league without the top stars. Yeah, we'll but see. I don't know. Hopefully, in, hopefully Dame. Yeah, hopefully like we pull somebody like Dame. Uh, if y'all brought in Damian Lillard, like I, I would love to see just that duel of Dame and Giannis like sharing a team. Exactly. Like I think yeah. you'd, have, you'd have to give up Chris Middleton probably to make that work. But my God, is that worth it, bro? Like that would be that would be nuts just to see like Dame do that. I mean, I think he's gonna leave. I like to bring up Dame. Like, there's no way he's gonna stay in Portland for another like two years. Like, there's just no chance of that happening. Like, he's probably in his final year in Portland. But that's how we felt about Giannis too. So who knows? I don't know, bro. I've always felt like Giannis, it was pretty clear, like, nah, he's going to stay because Milwaukee doesn't really have another choice. He's fucking Giannis. Like, even though Dame is Dame, like, Giannis is another level just because he's got, like, six years to Dame's senior, you know? And it's, like, it's pretty crazy to just see, again, like, where it all ended up. And, like, yeah, like, you mentioned P.J. Tucker. Like, he's gone. Like, there's a couple guys y'all don't have. So, yeah, it'll be interesting sure. to see how y'all hit it uh, this coming season and shit. But let's go. Let's talk about more uh, stuff you do again, like when you're not making music, just kind of like got downtime if you get it. Um, like you mentioned, you're into like clothing brands. So, I'm guessing like fashion and shit, sneakers. Like, is that something you'd be partaking with? Yeah, I think um, in terms of like fashion, it depends. Like, my, I guess my style is different from a lot of people. And we're kind of working on our own brand called Nose that we're just building out. Um, and we just really wanted to be like airport clothes, just like comfortable type of fashion. That's kind of like what I am. So I guess it just came from me, like being an athlete after practice, me walking around in some jeans that I'm already cramping. And I'm now trying to wear jeans that are like too tight for me. I'm like, dang, I just need some sweats or just something that's like, that type of that type of style mm-hmm. but um fashion for sure is something that i'm into and still getting into even more um i watch a lot of like uh dang i don't remember what the youtube channel is called but they kind of like break down like soccer um and other brands like nike like how they built their empires or like how barcelona was able to keep messy for how long they were and just like all that type of yeah. stuff, the amount of money Messi brings into Barcelona and Neymar and like Coca Cola and Red Bulls, just a lot of. Did they I try to do a lot of Um, I think oh, the YouTube channel is called Sports Interest. It okay. just came to my head. I don't, I don't think probably not Chick Fil A, but there's no, one that's there's something good. similar to that, bro. That's done like big, like you know, again, like your McDonald's and Starbucks and like Coca Cola brands and like other food industry brands and like the shit like I watched uh, the one on Chick fil A and like it was crazy. Like I'd be watching that on YouTube uh, It's actually it's called Athletic Interest. Athletic um, interest. And like some of like the titles are like why Nike doesn't want Neymar, or, like why Barcelona's giving Messi all their money or like the man who signed Michael Jordan or how Nike signed Liverpool and how LeBron got involved. It's like a lot of stuff like that. It's real tough. That's wild. Do you be collecting, like, shoes and stuff like that? Yeah, for sure. What are, um, what are your not, top three models? That's a universal guest question on the show. I ask everyone. <laughs> top three, top three. Jordan 1, Mikey Cortez. Ooh. And Jordan 1, Mikey Cortez. And Crocs. 
You said Crocs? Yeah. Crocs. Why? <laughs> Why'd you say Crocs, bro? <laughs> Crocs are like, I'm, I, I, try, I try to tell people that Crocs are, a couple more years, Crocs are like, gonna be back like forever, like crazy. Because even the more and more I'm seeing it, it's like way more and more. Like if you look at Roddy Instagram, he posted a picture like two days ago with Crocs on. Really? And I be trying to, Roddy Rich, oh, I be trying to tell people Crocs are, it's him walking to a private jet and Crocs. You know what I mean? So I try to tell people like, Crocs are coming forever. Ah, uh, shit. Like, here I am with Crocs. Like, my thing with the whole Croc wave recently is like, I seen like Post Malone did a collab like a year and change ago with them. And they've had other artists like Diplo put like shrooms on one, a pair of them or whatever. And like, it's it is uh, what it is. Like I respect the noise, but it's like I don't know. I can never do Crocs again. Like I did Crocs, bro, when I was ten, going to the beach with my family. Man, and I wore them. In, like, those were my like in the ocean shoes, so I didn't get pinched by a lobster shoes. You know what I mean? I'm, gl- I'm glad. Look, I'm glad this is recorded because when I see you in a couple months or in like like two years, we're gonna come back to this, and I promise you, you're gonna have Crocs on. No, you think I'm gonna have the all whites on? I saw somebody at Starbucks yesterday with their with their all white Crocs on. I was I was laughing. I even said out the gate, I'm like, Jesus, I remember when I was wearing Crocs. I, I can't believe people have taken these and try and like <laughs> swag it up or whatever you want to say. It's just like it's funny, you know what I mean? I wear like rubber burks um frequently, really, really frequently, and I'm kinda getting sick of it. So I've like I don't know, I've pondered it. You know, since we are on record here, it's like I've pondered definitely like, ah, is it the move to go for the Crocs? But it's just like, I like top three models, like I would never put Crocs in my top three. <laughs> that's just, I mean, that's, that's me right now. I can answer for me. That's yeah. like what's in my rotation right now. That's, that's, some, actually, that's some real ass loyalty right there. Like, you know, <laughs> folks, pay attention to that. That's different. Like, that's different. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, respect, though. Respect. Like, I... I respected the Cortez call too, and that's how I knew. I was like, okay, like the Cortez is a classic shoe, and I think like other than the three original colorways, like there's some dope collabs out there. If you really look for them, like you can find some dope yeah. Cortezes. Um, like uh, Kendrick's uh, damn collab with right, Cortez. Right, right. He's got oh. the house shoes pair that's super fire. He's got like four or five Cortezes he's done that are most of them are pretty fucking dope. Uh, Jordan One, I mean, shit. That's like I feel like that's one of the most classic shoes ever like you can get anyone a pair of jordan ones and they'll be happy type of energy yeah for sure um and you said earlier that you do meditation yeah uh how is that helpful in terms of just like every day like getting to point a to point b or just you know physically or whatever it's something like i've thought about like doing yoga or like kind of the same meditation thing um i do like mm-hmm. a lot of reflection and mental reflection and stuff but um i don't know just kind of go into detail about what that looks like and shit yeah my um i used to try to do meditation when i was in high school but i could never get into it for real and then once i was in college my homie his name is darling he used to meditate like every single morning no matter what like he'll be late to practice sometimes because he was meditating and so it kind of like really intrigued me, like why did he take this so serious? And so I kind of used to ask him like, how was he able to, I think it's like, I don't know if I'm using the word wrong, but it's like, they call it like reaching like your chakra or something where it's kind of like, 
you're like zoned out, like really, really not there, but you're still attentive. And he used to really try to teach me on how he did it. And once I started to really learn, I've noticed that like being able to start my head um, clear every morning is so important. And being able to leave like arguments or disputes or problems from yesterday and not bring them into today to just to start my day is like super important. That's raw, man. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I I definitely want to try and do yoga. I don't know it's like they're different, but meditation is like, I feel like they can go hand in hand because yoga is about kind of being in the right mental space. Like, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's like different types of, different types of yoga. Like some yoga is like, ain't no way you meditating during it because you're in pain, but there's others that for sure uh, you can meditate during. Right. Um, What are some other hobbies that you, you have and you kind of like to do and, you know, you fuck around with when you have a free time? A lot, a lot of YouTube. Um, I'm the best 2K player in my group right now. So okay. Smack my homie to 2K 24-7. Any game, really. They're looking at me right now crazy, but any game, really, they can get smacked in. Um, any any type of competing, I just, that's what I like to do in my free time. Yeah, so will you be playing 2K too? Because I'm, I'm a huge 2K player. It's like I grew up playing 2K. Like I'm not like a gamer gamer, but like if I had to play a game rest of my life, it's 2K, bro. Like play now with the homies, my career. Like So I definitely want to try and get you in our – like we're thinking about doing like a 2K tournament for CC. Um, you probably just got a spot on it because it's like we want to try and get like this big ass tournament together. Be super raw. I'm there. I'm there. Um, see, we'll see how legit this is because it's like I don't know. I like 2K is one of those games where it's like I love it because people who don't follow sports like that, but still like fuck with basketball and like the noise of basketball can like easily pick it up, bro, and play it. Like that's why like it's I think it's one of the it's better leaps and bounds, better than like Madden and shit. For sure. Notice how yeah, I didn't say FIFA games, though. FIFA, FIFA is the best sports nah. game. Yeah, I, I, was, I play like I don't play it as much right now because I don't have my own console anymore. Cause mm-hmm. I sold it because like I got a real addictive personality. So like once I start something, it'd be hard for me to put it down. But like FIFA Ultimate Team, like, I used to sit there and try to, especially in um the weekend league, be thirty and zero every weekend if I could. Yeah, man. I, I like it's one of those things again. Like I'm fortunate that I didn't like I'm not as addicted to video games as like other people I know and shit. And just like even growing up, I was never like that tapped in to like wanting to play constantly. But um, there, like 2K is such a doozy of a time. You know what I mean? So is FIFA. Um, for sure. But yeah, I mean. I wanted to ask you, it's kind of like the last question, like about any future plans. You were hinting at maybe dropping an album by next year, but what are kind of like the future plans for you the rest of the year? Uh, we have a big event coming up September 26th. It's like, I've always had this envision of throwing a football tournament or like a soccer tournament, and now we're actually doing it September 26th. That's where a lot of my focus is, and I also want to drop um, like a three pack or maybe just a single the day of the event or the day after the event. Um, then there's this group called Run Along out of Milwaukee that they're starting their own business and they're creating a Milwaukee project that I'll have a couple features on. Um, and really just, we're really just trying to build out enough of a catalog to start being consistent and just dropping music every month or every other month and music videos and everything leading up until we feel like we have enough of an audience to put a full album out. That's super dope. 
Um, well, Cam, I don't really got any more questions for you. So tell people where they can listen to your music, find your music, and follow you on social media. For sure. Um, you can find my music on any streaming platform. You can just search up Cam Will. Um, Instagram is at underscore Cam Will, and Twitter is at the Cam Will. All right, bro. Well, yeah, thank you for joining me and coming on today. I really appreciate it. No, for sure. I appreciate you having me. So that was this week's episode of the Culture Capture Spotlight Podcast. Tune in again next week for a new episode.